This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Organ donation after circulatory determination of death, OR process, by Dr. Sally Vitale. Please note that in this video we will be following the guidelines used at Boston Children's Hospital. Some of this information may need to be modified based on the guidelines and practices in place in your institution. This video is part three in a series on the organ donation after circulatory determination of death or DCDD process at Boston Children's Hospital. My name is Sally Vitale and I'm a pediatric intensivist here at Boston Children's. Broadly, this video will cover the time period from arrival in the operating room until the patient's death. We will watch excerpts from a video of a DCDD simulation that was produced by the Institute for Professionalism and Ethical Practice here at Boston Children's and our organ procurement organization, the New England Organ Bank. The parents in the video are portrayed by actors, the patient is a mannequin, and the care team are all members of the Boston Children's and New England Organ Bank staff. I will use video clips during this presentation to cover the arrival in the operating room with the patient and the family, the withdrawal of the ventilator, and possibly cardiac support medications or ECMO, the monitoring for hypotension and administration of heparin at the appropriate time, monitoring for pulselessness, and if pulselessness occurs before 60 minutes after the withdrawal of life-sustaining treatments, the family will remain in the first operating room and the patient will be moved to the second operating room Declaration of death will occur there after five minutes of pulselessness. If pulselessness does not occur within 60 minutes, the team will communicate to the family that organ donation is no longer possible and the patient and the family will be moved back to the ICU to continue end-of-life care. As we watch the first video clip, you will notice that the operating room has been prepared before arrival by the OR nurses who have worked to cover as much of the equipment as possible with drapes and have brought in chairs and a second bed for the family. If the family has other special requests about the environment, these should be communicated to the OR nurses ahead of time. On arrival to the OR, it's helpful to have a team dedicated to getting the patient situated and a team who will orient the family and discuss the steps of DCDD, preparing the family as we would before any withdrawal of the ventilator and end-of-life care. Up. Uh, I'm all right under the circumstances. I think you're very impressive. I think you're doing great. Well, these folks are just getting Danielle settled in bed. I uh, just want to ask you about her monitor. One of the things that we'll be doing is watching her monitor in an effort to be able to judge what's changing after we take out the breathing tube and we expect her oxygen levels to change and her heart rate to change and her blood pressure. And that's our job, to look at those monitors. Now you've seen those in her room for the past five days. And so one of the things that I would ask you is, do you want to be able to see that monitor to see what we're seeing? Or shall we just turn that away and we'll look at it, but you can focus on Danielle? I think I'd like to 
I'd like to watch, I'd like to know. I just don't, I just want to know right away, I think. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yes, I think we'd like to have the monitor then. Okay. So first of all, remember that it's likely Danielle will take some breathing efforts, just like when we challenged her before to see if she would breathe without the ventilator putting in breaths. It's likely her body will still try to breathe. And so that breathing may become noisy, almost like a snoring sound. And it is normal as oxygen levels fall and carbon dioxide levels build up when someone isn't breathing normally. It is normal for them to start trying to take deeper breaths. And those deeper breaths can look disturbing. They can look like gasps. And they can cause her body to lift and move as she takes a deep breath. Okay. And how otherwise will we know if she's in any kind of pain at all? Oh, good question. Uh, we're going to give her some analgesic, some morphine, and some sedation with midazolam before we take the breathing tube out. Okay. So we can be absolutely certain that she's not experiencing any discomfort or any pain. Okay. Good. Do you want to get in? Can I come around this side? Hey, baby. Hey, Danny. I'd like to go ahead and have Tony give some medications in preparation for taking out her breathing tube. Okay? Yeah. After the ventilator and any cardiac medications or ECMO have been withdrawn, the team will continue supporting the family, including any plans for prayers, music, or other requests that might have been discussed ahead of time, monitoring for signs of discomfort in the patient and treating with the appropriate medications, monitoring for hypotension and delivering heparin according to the DCDD protocol, monitoring for pulselessness with the arterial line waveform or by a cardiologist performing an echocardiogram to determine whether the heart is ejecting blood if there is no arterial line and also documenting the exact time of pulselessness. If the pulseless arrest occurs within 60 minutes, the family will say their final goodbyes and the patient will be transported to the second OR. The ICU physician will continue monitoring for the pulselessness and declare death in the second operating room when five minutes have elapsed without a spontaneous return of pulses. Organ procurement will commence and the ICU physician will communicate to the family that the patient has been declared dead. If the patient does not progress to pulselessness within 60 minutes of withdrawal of the ventilator, the ICU team will communicate to the family that the patient cannot donate organs and the patient and family will be moved back to the ICU to continue end-of-life care. If the patient becomes an organ donor, the family may wish to spend more time with the patient's body after death. This can be arranged to occur back in the ICU after the organ recovery surgery. This concludes part three of the video series on DCDD at Boston Children's Hospital. Any questions about this material can be directed to your unit clinical or nursing director or to the Organ Donation Oversight Committee representatives from your unit. Thank you for taking the time to help improve the quality of our organ donation process here at Boston Children's.
This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.